This is the 94th episode of Downtime Podcast. You got Jeremy and Elisa. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Um, my computer bricked on me and I had to buy replacement parts in like the past five minutes. I just did that. Oh, you just did an Amazon sweep? Yeah, I bought an SSD. My um, original Windows 10 software was running on a hard drive, like a mechanical hard drive. Um, so now I just bought a quieter thing to use for my uh, my my Windows, mainly because uh, the reason why it was on Windows 10, oh, why Windows 10 was on a mechanical hard drive is because I bought this computer like in 2014 and I didn't think enough to future-proof my system, but mm. you know what? It's fine. You know, we're here now, 2019, all my parts we still here. work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it's all good in the hood. How are you? You know, speaking of computer issues, my like pretty decent standard computer is not able to play Devil May Cry 5. Yeah, I was reading that. I'm sorry to hear that. And I can't for the life of you, not life of you, life of me, <laughs> tell you what's going on because I have pretty much the the basic requirements i have more than the basic requirements that you need to play devil may cry on top of that um i'm pretty sure my computer is updated it's windows 10 so i don't know what's going on right now i know that for people playing devil may cry i'm not the only one having this pc issue and it is a pc issue where you start up the game and within like five minutes, you're going to get an error that says fatal error application exit. And oh boy. it will completely shut out the game. Like you you can't even last a Capcom screen and then it will completely turn off. Oh, man. It will exit. And I know that DMC is pretty loaded in terms of graphics just because that's part of the whole style. And I've heard that on the PlayStation version, sometimes you'll get a drop in frame rate because it's that extensive of graphics. But I didn't expect to deal with so many issues regarding playing it on my PC. In fact, the reason I chose my PC to play it is to avoid this. And yet, here we are right now. There have been people who have been able to fix it if their chip is like an Intel. And they've done like, it's like hack jobs. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like the hackiest of jobs, like go into the configure file and change this number to this. <laughs> or oh, um, I see. Or like download this codec and then do this and do that and then it will work. That seems like a little bit too much work. Yeah, it. it you see, it, there comes a point when I was fixing all of this. I was like, wait, I shouldn't be doing this because I have the requirements. Com- Capcom should be fixing this game. And therefore, that is why I returned it. I unfort- This is the first game on Steam I have ever returned. Have you ever returned a game on Steam? Yeah, I returned stuff on uh, on Christmas, or mm-hmm. like before Christmas for my brother, because I don't know why. I guess I had a change of heart for a different kind of game that he- I knew he wanted. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the only time I ever returned it. I never played anything. I basically I, I never opened it. Let's put it that way. And so then Got I was it. able I was able to return it. If you look at my Steam uh, game hours that I put into Devil May Cry before I returned it, it was eleven minutes, and those eleven minutes are 
freezing the Capcom screen. I didn't even make it to the first menu. Remind me again why you bought it on Steam. Oh, I just because I knew that that there was going to be a lot of loaded graphics. And since I don't have a PlayStation Pro, I figured, oh, buying it on PC would probably be the best thing. Right, right. That makes sense. It turns out it's not. So eventually, after I finish Spider-Man, I'll get this on Gamefly because I refuse to buy the PlayStation version. I just feel like the Capcom version or Capcom should fix the PC version and realize what the errors are. But And it's one of those things where... I'm not the only one complaining about it, so right. at least I know that I'm not alone in this world. <laughs> yeah, no, there was a uh, another user on our Discord who was also um, complaining about the issue, and it's it's not just both of you guys, you know. It's, there's a lot more people that have this issue, which is which sucks because it's like, why would you ship a game that has this error? And it means that they didn't, you know, go through the proper channels to test it. Yeah, it means it wasn't completely tested. Ugh, which- man, see, this is the part where I wish the old days came back with it's like you know just the proper game te- was actually complete yeah proper testing you know yes across the board yeah because co- companies are so sloppy now thinking oh we'll just patch it well i i bought this basically three days after launch i wanted to play this on launch and exactly you guys prevented me from doing that by not testing the game so yeah. it's not my problem yeah, so uh, I'm sorry. Computer to hear that. issues all around. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, uh, luckily, not even computer issues. My computer is perfectly fine. Do you have a a tower? Yes. Oh, okay. See, le- the good thing about you is that you have this whole setup, which is perfect. The only issue is that you're not your game's not working. My issue is that I have all the games, but my computer's not working. No. <laughs> you know, so it's like. Which situation do you want? <laughs> Which part of hell would you like to be in? <laughs> uh, probably my situation's the best, but yours, yeah. yours will be fixed soon. Yes, definitely. Soon enough. So before we get into the judgment news, because we all know that that's probably the biggest thing you want us to talk about, we're actually going to shift the agenda a little bit, and we're going to talk about Cube Corner first, and then we're going to go into gaming news after. Cube Corner, everyone. Hello and welcome to the Cube Corner segment. Today, we'll be talking about the ever so popular you know i don't know if it's that popular but i think there were only like 200,000 copies printed of this game in the u.s uh it's called wario world and for those that don't know wario does have his own set of single player games now these games are relatively popular i'd say wario is a pretty popular character himself and um I feel like this one has the most attitude. So even uh <laughs> even on the back of the the Game Boy or not the Game Boy, the, the GameCube case, it reads, Ready to rumble with Wario? You better that's all all caps by the way, be ready, punk. Some evil jewel transformed all of my treasure into monsters. And now I gotta go to this weird world and beat it out of them. 
There are plenty of goons waiting for a shot at old Wario. But don't worry about me, baby. I'm ready to brawl. I'll be throwing punches, charging through crowds, and pile-driving ugly mugs right and left. What you gotta worry about is keeping me alive. Can you handle that? Or do I have to give you a knuckle sandwich, too? I feel like this game's, like, the tone and the humor don't really match Nintendo, but I like that, you know? I like that Wario himself is kind of a unique character, where you can have this kind of off-the-wall situation um, featuring a Mario title character that kind of speaks to a different audience. Like, this... I'd say this GameCube game overall is unlike a lot of the other platformers, but it is very similar. So it it's a 3D, I wouldn't say open world because there's like a hub world, but it's a 3D platformer, obviously. Um, you can jump, you can punch, you can do like, I guess I'd say call them wrestling moves. As I just mentioned, there was like a pile driver move, which is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, you, you're Wario. You, he controls pretty, pretty nicely. The controls for this... The controls for this game overall are pretty tight. Um, and yeah, you beat up like little lizards, dinosaurs. The first couple levels have dinosaurs in them. I have no idea why, but um, at the end of each level, you fight a boss. So it's like pretty much any other platformer. But in between, in order to get to the boss, you have to uh, collect jewels and collect like specific red crystal things. And the red crystal things will allow you to unlock the boss at the very end uh, of the level. So yeah, there's... There's a like pretty standard approach to this platformer, but again, it has a lot of attitude. Um, yeah, Wario himself, uh, he's got you know the what I just read in the back of the box is pretty much how it defines the whole game. Uh, the storyline is in the manual. It's it's one of those games where <laughs> y- you don't know what the storyline is unless you read the manual because the opening cutscene just shows him sitting in a castle full of jewels and then this like chest opens up and there's like this large demon and it's like roaring at him and he's like Wah! and then and then he gets teleported to this hub world and you're like okay what just happened and then i went back and read the manual i'm like holy crap this manual tells you everything <laughs> like it tells you exactly what's going on in the game and the game doesn't tell you that the game just tells you this is world one go to world one and go beat up a bunch of enemies which is kind of like the original mario game where you just press start and you're mario and you just go right you know it doesn't really tell you what you have to do in the game it just kind of assumes that you kind of know what to do since this is a platformer aka a's jump b's punch so yeah um Overall, I think it's a really well-presented game. It has a really cartoony vibe, obviously, since it's a Mario title. Um, uh, the gameplay, the action is solid. The gameplay overall, I feel like, is really good. You can like grab, en- you can punch enemies. They fall on the ground. You can grab them. You can spin around. Um, uh, so you can like again wrestling moves. You can like throw them. You can spin around and spin them around and throw them. You can jump and then do a pile driver. Uh, yeah, so. I really like this game so far. I think that um, I'm going to finish it because there have been a lot of praises for this game, I'd say. But there are a lot of negative reactions to the fact that it's too short, which I understand, you know, like... How long is the game? I I think it's like eight hours or less because there's only like five levels and there's only three three sub-levels within each level, if that makes sense. So you, you're in a hub world, you go to a hub section that's like themed, and there's only three levels in each of those sections. Um, and then those levels themselves take about like 12 minutes each. So it's not a long game. 
it's not a long game, but platformers like that should they even be that long? Um, games like New Super Mario Bros. U and New Super Mario Bros. are longer than this, and they're on. You know, one of them was on the DS, and this one's on. Oh, uh, there was one on the GameCube. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the uh, the Wii, the Wii and the Wii U, and those were a lot longer than this one. Um, okay, because I'm just I'm just thinking in terms of like plat other platformers, um, that would have been competitive to war like uh, like Sly Cooper. I'm pretty sure is only like eight to ten hours. Yeah, and you know, I think this is also from a kind of a developer standpoint. Um, the the people who made this game actually weren't Nintendo. Uh, this game was developed by another company whose name is escaping me right now. Um, but the company made like Ikaruga, if you if you've heard of that. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Uh oh Treasure. They they're they're called Treasure, which I was like, why don't why does it sound so familiar? Like I I, <laughs> I the box art for the game shows Wario like diving Scrooge McDuck style in like treasure. I'm like, oh okay, that's right. They're they're called Treasure. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh uh, yeah, solid title, solid GameCube title. Um, highly recommend for anyone. This game, since it is technically, uh, I'd say, first-party publisher title, um, because it has Nintendo written all over it. I mean, you've got Wario as the main character. Um, this game yeah. is getting kind of expensive now. Um, I'd say in the $40 range, but I picked it up from Game World in San Jose. Shout out to them again. Uh, for twenty five bucks, so pretty good. Yeah, pretty good deal. I that guy who runs the store, I I, I think he must have uh, a basis of his game prices on something else or like some other website because he sold to me for twenty five. I was like, wow, that's a pretty good deal for this game. I was expecting it to be at least forty five dollars, but hey, I mean, I got it for a lot less than that, and yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about this game so far. But I also do want to mention that. In between segments of Cube Corner, I am actually doing my best to finish each game that I'm talking about. Um, but if <laughs> I, yeah, so there might there may be some overlap next week since um, I'll be pretty busy. But uh, I'll yeah, always no have worries. A, yeah, no, I mean I'll always have a game to talk about, even if I already finished it. I will talk about it still. Um, like finished it in the past, I mean, or if I haven't finished it yet, um, I'll still talk about it. For example, um, a teaser for next week is. A big scaly green monster that everyone's familiar with. Uh, I'm not going to play the game because I already Godzilla. I'm... Maybe <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that game specifically in um uh from a player from um a fresh perspective because I've already played the shit out of it. But so I can tell you everything about that game. But um yeah, I'll be talking about games that I've either played a lot in the past or are playing now. So it's it's kind of a mixed bag when it comes to. Uh, where my where I'm at with the game that I'm talking about in Cube Corner, and I I just want to be very clear about that because, uh, I I found that trying to finish each game in between, uh, podcasts is actually really difficult because oh, yeah, like of course. yeah because I just can't sit down and play the whole thing and be like all right this is my review because I'm not really trying to do a review <laughs> I'm just trying to give us some uh some history and some insight into it because I love video games and I love GameCube games and these these things uh mean so much to me so yeah this has been this edition of Cube Corner. See you guys next week for another GameCube game. All right. Now to get into pretty much the biggest news that's happened this past week with updates that has to do with our one of our favorite studios, um, Ryoga Gotoku Sega. 
the Yakuza franchise hosted on the studio. Which, by the way, the whole Ryoga Gotoku name, like, I think on their social media, they finally picked it up as, like, this is the name of the studio. Yeah. Because, because I think, like, on a lot of the social media feeds, they've kind of went as, like, the Yakuza game channel or like the yakuza game user but now they've actually branded themselves as the studio yeah it was always like this is the yakuza studio or this is the studio that made yakuza or this is yakuza studios i'm like man this just sounds like it's a bunch of gangsters who make video games (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like give me a you know like maybe if that's the name then make it the name but now they're called ryuga gotoku studios um so that's really cool i don't i don't know if they're uh a subsidiary of Sega. I don't know if they're an internal team that just calls themselves that. Um, further research is required, but uh, yeah. So it's probably the first. Yeah, yeah, most likely. So uh, they're still which refer- is by the way. A, sorry, it's okay. A much more better brand because the Japanese translation is like a dragon, which is pretty damn cool. Which is pretty, which is a pretty cool translation versus just using the word yakuza. Anyways, yeah, Jeremy, let's get into it. So, uh, one of the characters in the game is played by a very famous comedian slash actor slash voice actor. His name is Pierre Taki. Um, I'm gonna call him Cokehead. No, I'm just kidding. His <laughs> Pierre <laughs> Cokehead Taki. No, he was caught and with cocaine. He plays and. At least according to the trailers, he plays a pretty significant role in the game. Like, he's a Yakuza boss that yeah. is probably the antagonist of the game. He sounds like a pretty significant guy in yeah. terms of the, his role within this game. So, it's it sucks, you know? It sucks when this kind of things ha- these these kind of things happened, uh, happen. Um, so, yeah. So, he was caught with cocaine. And, in Japan, in Japan. Yeah, in Japan. Sorry, just to clarify, he was caught with cocaine in Japan. And in Japan, for those that don't know, uh, drugs are highly illegal. Everything, even if you have like a gram of weed on you, they're going to be like, oh, you're going to be deported if you're a foreigner or you're going to jail for <laughs> several years. So, yeah, no. So this isn't the first time that a celebrity has been caught with drugs. It's um, not. In Japan, at least. And um, they usually go away to jail for a long time. And their reputation as an entertainer um is ruined it's completely forever. ruined forever yeah and it sucks because it, it when you when you're working on a project like this when that's about to be released especially for us you know it it seems like it's going to be pushed back for a western release date they they stopped selling the game in japan altogether sega halted sales because you know they they don't want their image to look bad and that's just the nature of how japanese game studios work and just like um you know not to put too much of a stereotype on it but that's just how Japanese society works you know in order to save face they need to save themselves first and they're not going to let the people put the blame on the studio for keeping the game in circulation they're going to say hey we recognize this that this is a bad deal so we're going to save you guys the trouble by not selling you the game that has this drug addict in it um and so, yeah, that they they pulled the game off the shelves in Japan, and right now it's up in the air as to what the um, releases releases like going to happen in the West. And with my skepticism, I think it's going to definitely be delayed. And this is just based off of experience because this is not the first time I've experienced an Asian celebrity doing drugs. 
and it completely halted some sort of project or it caused this guy to quit and therefore they had to rehire another person. And it's just, I feel like that would be the realistic reaction. Like, I'm not even being reactionary. That seems like the most realistic thing that Japan is going to do just because of the way that um, their society runs and their viewpoints on drugs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm 100% in agreement with that. And Jeremy, actually, you said um, you gave me the update yesterday that he he wasn't just caught once with cocaine, but he admitted to using cocaine for 20 years, which um, the fact that he even admitted that basically means, oh, God, we're based like this. This might be delayed for like two years. Yeah. So <laughs> I was with I was with some friends this past weekend and uh, they're Japanese and I was talking to them about it. And I was like, yo, Pierre Taki, though, and they're like, yeah, crazy. Um, he's been doing that for 20 years. I'm like, excuse me? They're like, yeah, it came out that he's been doing that for 20 years. I'm like, holy crap. He's been hiding this for 20 years? Like, first of all, how did you not get caught in those 20 years? Second of all... You do it at home and yeah. you don't get checked is, is the secret. Yeah. And second of all, it's so hard to get drugs in Japan. Like, you know, things have to be smuggled in. And again, when you're at the top you just don't give a fuck you know you just you have so much money and your image is just different from what people see you so there's there have been you know this this could be a whole other conversation but like there there have been some youtube content creators who've, who've come out and been like yeah so we're tired of this we don't want to do this anymore but you always see them as the happy-go-lucky people on the internet right but in real life they're just like oh yeah you know we're all humans too you know we have needs and that's how i feel about Japanese celebrities is that there's so much pressure and um uh, greed. Yeah, there's just so much like passion behind the fan base of all these Japanese celebrities. Well, Asian celebrities in general that you know, they need to find some sort of relief from all the stress and all this pressure in life, so a, a way for them to do it is to drink, you know, some something that's socially acceptable, but a lot of them, you know, are, I'm pretty sure are curious about drugs and recreational drug use and so you know, sooner or later, they're going to find a guy that's going to be like, hey, you know, you're pretty famous. You got a lot of money. I got something that you might want to try to help take the edge off. And they're like, oh, yeah, tell me more about it. And then you and, get into 20 years of drug use. Yep. And not to get deep into it for this podcast, but it's there's a stigma in Asia, especially if you're a public figure, that you have to be this sort of figure or idol all the time. And if you are sad or depressed about something, like going to a therapist is actually kind of hot, like highly seen as, oh, what's wrong with this guy? There's a huge stigma to seeing therapy, seeking therapy and talking to someone about like your issues of the limelight. So pretty like pretty much a lot of Asian celebrities aren't trained <laughs> to deal with high pressure like this. Yeah. And that's just the nature of it since yeah the the celebrities in asia are just so protected you know it's they're they're told that this is the way they're supposed to live their life and you don't want to as a human you know you don't really want to be told what to do but from uh from a paycheck perspective let's say you you want to keep the money going and you need to please the fans and the only way to do that is to you know give in to their wishes which sucks because you want to be your own person too. Pretty much. So just the it's just pretty unfortunate that 
when finally something hits the fan, then their entire career of work gets affected. Like, pretty much this guy is not just going to probably be scrubbed off of judgment. Oh, by the way, and he's going to be judged, uh, he's going to be scrubbed off of the Japanese version of Kingdom Hearts 3. He plays Olaf. It's not just that. It's basically everything he's ever worked on is probably going to be deleted in some way or just on the rate like low on the radar so no one will ever find it yeah and it's just sad that that's the case this this isn't the first time this has happened in japanese media there was a a singer that came out a couple years ago that she was using drugs and so what the media did was well they they made they spun it so that she was like this horrible person and she went to jail for for a couple years i think it was like two years and then uh, when she came out, like her career was just ruined, you know, like yeah. you can't become a singer anymore. You can't really do anything. But she still had an acting career and that kind of le- left her afloat. So there is hope for him in the entertainment industry after Pierre gets out of jail, which would probably be just being an actor because he can't be, you know, a comedian anymore. He can't be a voice actor anymore because, you know, children don't want their kids knowing that they're listening to a, a cokehead, a coke head, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was part of a... Uh, uh, um, a techno group called Denki Groove with another guy, and I'm pretty sure this that whole thing is just gonna disappear after a while because disband. Yeah, I mean, like you don't want. If I were his, you know, co bandmate, I wouldn't want to associate myself with him because then, and then, because then fans will come up to you and be like, "Yo, why are you hanging out with this guy? Like, why are you still together? Like, that's just how it works in Asian media." Like, if you associate yourself with another person, then you're going to get the hate, too. Probably just as yep. much, if not worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and we were talking about this before. Like, Big Bang is a, a Korean group where one of the members was caught, you know, doing weed, right? It was Top that did weed. Yeah. And so everyone everyone hated on him. Like, the media like, went... Like, no, what? Like, that's the only thing people talk about now. Yeah. And it's sad. You know, American and, of course, Korean fans are just like, yo, Top did weed. He's a bad. He's a bad guy. It's like, wow, that's the only thing you think about this person is that they did weed like recently. Like not all the ten years of his career, just this. It's like you know when it comes to Michael Jackson, people are like, oh, Michael Jackson, the pedophile. It's like, what about all the amazing work he did? But I know that's kind of a different situation than like recreational drug use. But it it just like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there comes a point when you have to divide the actor from the art. Or like, you know, the singer from the music, all that jazz, you know, it's like, can't you disrespect this guy for things that he made in his past instead of hating on him now for what he's doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's another topic for discussion, but uh, yeah, probably for a different episode, because I do have a lot of thoughts on this as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But to sum up this pretty much there, there's going to be a delay probably in some way to the Western release for Judgment. It might, uh, two years might be an exaggeration. It might even be six months if Sega absolutely does a rush job. Like, they rush it right at this instance. So, um, like, anything's possible. And on top of that, they could just release the game to the West and then repatch it later. That's also a possibility. Like, that's also a possibility. Um, But pretty much, like, I know, like, some, a lot of fans are disappointed and a lot of fans kind of don't understand what's going on, at least in japan right now but this is uh, at least for pierre taki like this is for him this is more than just a video game now this is like his entire career yeah um to add on to 
that uh, uh, Ryugo Gotoku Studios producer came out and said, uh, his name is Daisuke Sato, and this is from an article on Dual Shockers. And he said that uh, Taki's drug bust won't erase his presence in the game. And what that means exactly, we don't know yet. He could still be in the game. I don't know if Sega is going to nullify that and just come out and say, okay, we're just going to recast the whole thing. Um, I mean, they've done it with movies before. For example, uh, the Scott Ridley film that came out like last year. You know what I'm talking about? The movie talking about- when Kevin Spacey came out as the. Oh, I forgot that name. I forgot the name of that one. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, I know which one you're talking about. The movie where like he like the guy like saves his son from like um yes Italian gang- like terrorists or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name anymore. It's called All the Money in the World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember watching that on a plane or something. But anyways, yeah. yeah so it's like it's kind of like that where. We don't know what the situation is and how... The interesting... F- yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I was just, just going to say how far Sega is willing to go to either save him or just, or you know, like boot him out. The interesting thing is, is if Judgment had never been announced for the West and had all of this press for the West yet, I'm 100% positive he would have all, like sales would have halted and japan would have just instantly made the decision that he's getting replaced now that he now that this game was announced to the west months ago i think this is why there's more pressure on sega whether whether you view that as a good or bad thing the fact that this is getting a release globally has affected the decision overall yeah that's the crazy part is that this game already came out and it like post launch this news came out and it's like of course it would have been better for in Sega's interests if you know this came out before the game launched but unfortunately for them the game already launched and now it's like ah oh, man how do we yes. remedy this like you're going to patch him out in like an update <laughs> here's the pure talkie removal <laughs> patch you know like oh man <laughs> like i don't want to download this update it's like having pt still on your ps4 you know like for i'm i'm one of those people that still has pt on my ps4 i'm like i'm not going to reformat this i'm not going to you know remove this at all i got pt still <laughs> so yeah we'll uh we'll see what happens with with this whole situation it's going to be an interesting development for the next couple months exactly we'll see what happens Listeners, do not pressure Sega and annoy them about this because they know. They already know. <laughs> so Yeah. I know that the especially like the fandom, they like to say, Where's Yakuza 3 and like all these other things? I'm just like, okay, guys, you we just need to give them the time to think about this. They're they're gonna figure it out. Yeah. They're gonna be okay. Exactly. They're gonna be totally fine. And and it's the um <clears throat> It's the American side that's waiting for the Japanese side to tell them what to do. You know, it's like yeah. the American side can't do anything unless the Japanese side is like, all right, go do it. The American pretty side, much. I'm pretty sure the American side was like, all right, we're ready to press the launch button. And the Japanese side's like, whoa, 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 oh, yeah. hold on. Don't do that just yet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're already done, if not 99.7% done, and they're just doing final touches. Yeah. And they're like, nah, man, got to wait all this time for this. And I, I, I've been following the the Yakuza subreddit, and you know, there's an official Sega representative that's on there that will respond to people. But ever since this drug thing came out, they've been kind of quiet, which I understand why is because they can't say anything unless the Japanese side tells them what to do. Because if you say something wrong, then of course you're blamed as 
you know, the person that screwed up and then your AMA ends up being on 8chan. Hey! <laughs> hey, I don't know if she'd do that. That's come on, <laughs> Lisa. That's really bad. <laughs> I uh, y'all know this is ironic. Okay. I hope. <laughs> Slash S. There we go. That makes everything better. Yep, that makes everything make sense. <laughs> All right. So, Jeremy, tell us about the AMA that happened with Brian from Halo. So before that. You probably already know this, but the Halo Master Chief Collection was announced on PC. Yay! Yep. Which, it, which, Jeremy, now you don't even need to get this Xbox. You're this is it's like they read your mind. It's a dream come true. I can finally play it on my PC. Fuck, that's right, it's broken. <laughs> well, the game's the game's not even out yet, so you know it's it's okay. It's okay. Um, For al- sure. Along with that announcement, they announced that. Halo Reach is coming to the, the Master Chief Collection itself. Uh, what that means is, uh, for those that don't know, Halo Reach is a prequel to the first Halo game where you play as a squad of Spartans. You don't play as every single Spartan in the squad. You pay, play as a, a specific one. I think his name is Noble Six. Um, and I don't want to get too spoilery because I actually read the book that this game was kind of lifted from. And I think some aspects of it are. But um, yeah, uh, it's a welcome entry to the series. Now, almost all the Halo games are in the Master Chief Collection, minus Halo 5. Uh, we'll see what happens with that when it, whenever they announce something that's going to release for this. Um, so, Halo is a game that uh, is set in the future. You play as a super genetic space marine named Master Chief, and you have a little AI sidekick named Cortana which the um, the Windows 10 helper app is named after and voiced by the same actress, Jen Taylor, who also voiced um, Zoe in Left 4 Dead. So, okay. yeah, the Master, Chief Coll- the Master Chief Collection contains Halo Reach, Halo Combat Evolved, the first one, which is the anniversary edition, by the way. So it has updated graphics as well as the old graphics with the press of a button. Halo 2 Anniversary, this is a new edition that was released in 2014, and it's Halo 2, but with cinematic visuals and up-resed graphics. What that means is, again, like the first game, you can press a button and you can switch between the old graphics and the new graphics. And the way they did this was they basically layered the new graphics and a new engine over the old engine. So that's why you can kind of see the same things happening in in the new game, but also the old game. Um... The cinematic cutscenes were created by Blur Studios. They uh, basically scanned actors and the actors mouthed the same words as uh, the voice actors. Um, so that was kind of cool. I-, I played that for the first time a couple weeks ago. And I kind of mentioned that on the podcast. Shout out to Jairus for letting me play that. Um, it also contains Halo 3, Halo 4. Uh, and the- that's it. That's the whole collection. That's the whole Master Chief collection. Now, all these games are coming to PC, as I mentioned. Um, which is great. There's no release date yet. Uh, and during the AMA with um, Brian, who is the community director at 343 Studios, he mentioned that the games are coming out separately. So you can either buy each game individually or the whole thing as a bundle. Now, we don't know That's how... That's pretty cool. Yeah, we don't know how much each game is going to be, 
but everyone's speculating that it's all going to add up to 60 so that might be like 15 bucks a game or something like that um we'll see uh i i personally want to buy the games as a pack not as an individual set because i feel like i just want everything at once you know but that also requires waiting because they're going to release one game they're going to release every game uh, in chronological order, so the order I just mentioned, so it would be Reach, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, yeah, we don't know when this is going to be released and um, like the the period between releases. We don't know how long it's going to take for each game to come out. But he did mention some nice little nitty-gritty details for the PC users. He did mention that this will be a premium PC experience in an interview uh, prior to this AMA. Um, so that means that they're going to have FOV sliders, so you can have a wider field of view. Um, they're going to have 4K, 60 frames a second, also supporting 144 hertz. So that's exciting to hear from for a lot of PC users. Yeah. Um, multiplayer matchmaking, they're definitely adding uh, a browser system. It's kind of like the very first Halo where you can like filter what kind of servers you want to play on. Um, like if you want to just play 24-7 team deathmatch or, you know, capture the flag, stuff like that. And yeah, it's just exciting to see that all these multiplayer um, aspects are all coming back to PC from in the Halo franchise because Halo on PC was only released as Halo 1 and Halo 2 for Windows Vista. Um, yeah, so back in the day, there were only two Halo games released on PC and I believe Halo 1 was released on Mac. Uh, I don't know if Halo 2 was released on Mac, but uh, yeah, so exciting news. Definitely, I have been waiting for this moment for a long time it was I, meant to be yeah and i remember someone uh i don't i remember talking about my cousin's modded xbox on the podcast before and how i i love halo halo is probably my favorite shooter franchise of all time so i'm just really excited that we finally get to play it on pc and the not just like a port you know this is this is a love letter to all the halo fans that have been waiting for this and i love that i love that um 343 is taking their time to you know, share this with everyone. So it's great. And um, kind of on a funny tangent note, uh, someone last week was like, I will give a whole pizza to any of the 343 developers. This is like on the Halo subreddit. They were like, I'll give a a whole pizza to to any 343 developer that can confirm that Halo, the Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. And one... (laughs) And one developer responded with, so what kind of pizza are we talking about? So they didn't confirm and they didn't deny, Ooh. but it was kind of hinting that, you know, this game's coming out for, for PC this week, but they, no one said anything, you know? And yeah. ever since then, people have been sending 343 Industries pizza and uh, someone on, I forget, some like someone from 343 came out on Twitter and was like, yo, thanks for all the love and pizzas. But please stop sending them to us. Stop our, sending pizzas. Yeah, yeah. Like our receptionist is out for the day and it's getting really hard to answer the door for all these pizzas. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a, I thought that was hilarious. Dude, but, it's like leftovers for life. It's like how some how it's like getting an actual lifetime supply of pizza because you know how sometimes pizza places they're like you can get a lifetime supply of pizza if you if you join this contest, but it's like you only get a pizza once a month. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I made Halo. All right, you have all the pizzas. It's like, wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting Master Chief Collection on PC. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> what kind of pizza do you want? It's like, no, 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 no. No more, no more, no more. <laughs> 
So yeah, super excited about this. Again, I cannot wait to play this once my damn computer gets fixed. But uh but yeah. Hey, now you got time <laughs> now you got a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So uh yeah, no excited for Halo on PC. Finally, we get the whole collection on PC minus Halo 5. Uh and I can't wait to play it. Yes. So this week, GDC Game Developer Conference is happening in San Francisco. There's a lot of events that happen in the Bay Area. And there's, you know, like game develop developers come to Unite. And so there's going to be more updates next week, most likely, because as we're recording, it's only um, the beginning of the week. But one of the biggest announcements that just came out is Google Stadia. Google Stadia. I don't even know how to pronounce it. They say Stadia. Stadia. Wow. Yeah. We're really going there. And it is a game streaming platform. Yep. Where you don't need a console. You can play on any PC, TV, like laptop, even tablet. And the game will go to you. And pretty much is like the answer to continuing having a game console hardware. Yeah, um, Google described it as a future-proof console where you can play from anywhere on any device. They showed it working on a PC, on phone. You can play it on your TV from a from a monitor, and uh, they have they explained that they have the infrastructure to support this. So they have like thousands of like little like centers all around the U.S. or I guess around the world. Where, they need to. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. If they if they want to stay, you know, stay true to the streaming service and to make it right, you know, they they have to do it right. And it's really cool that they have the infrastructure and of course the resources to do this. They they're like they have near limitless resources to do this. So, Google has rightfully jumped into the gaming scene. They they even announced their own first party developer that they have in studio. Um they're working with Ubisoft because they showed off Assassin's Creed. Um, they're they they're working with ID Software. They showed off a little bit of Doom Eternal, like just like some background stuff and the title floating by. And they mentioned that you can play Doom Eternal there on Stadia at GDC. So if you're attending oh, GDC, that's pretty cool. yeah. If you're thinking about attending D attending D GDC, if you're attending GDC, then you know go play go play it on Stadia. I mean, I think that's the only way that you can do it. Um, uh. The controller pretty much looks like an Xbox controller. Yeah, it's got the Konami pretty, code on the bottom for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty standard Xbox looking type controller. So looks, you know, uh, not, nothing really different to it. It looks a little heftier than an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm color me interested. They they mentioned like up to 8K resolution, 60 yeah, frames a second. Yeah, I mean, like holy crap. Um, so yeah, and I'm, like. Just to do a price comparison of the subscription services. So PS Now is, I believe, $19.99 a month. Game Pass is, like, I think the cheapest one. I think it's $9.99 a month. So I don't think a price has been mentioned for Stadia yet. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. I, a lot of people are saying, like, this could be the future of gaming, which... I don't think it is the end, end all, be all, end of gaming physically. I think this is just another outlet, another option that people can choose to do. Because there are a few caveats with this. One is that 
not everyone has their own home infrastructure to support this kind of thing. Not everyone has gigabit internet, you know, not everyone has like the the speeds to to do this. And that's fine, you know. I for one don't actually have that that fast enough internet connection to uh to handle this kind of system. So Yeah, don't be fooled. Silicon Valley may sound very appealing and tech-like, but there's a ton of places in this area that have shitty internet. Yeah, yeah, you know. And another thing to mention too is that Google they can announce this, but they can also kill it. They've done this with the Google Glass with like Nexus. Um, they've done they've done this with the, with a lot of their products that they heavily marketed and made sound really cool, but you know at the end of the day, if they can create it, they can also destroy it. So, you know this isn't the first time we've seen Google present something really showy and flashy, but then say hey not this isn't doing very well, so we're gonna kill it. But I would like to say that on the positive side of things, Google does seem to be the front runner when it comes to this kind of thing. We've always seen online streaming services like this in the past. For example, no one remembers this, but OnLive. OnLive was a system 10 years ago, 10 years ago, where you can stream games onto a little box. You could play it like a various myriad selection of titles. And it didn't do very well. And that's why it ended because, you know, it was just they didn't have enough infrastructure to support that. Um, Xbox and PlayStation are doing this now with their own services. but. I mean, if it was going to be anyone, I would say it would be Google to be the one to, you know, create this whole system. I think that they're moving in the right direction when it comes to the future of gaming. Yes, people will see this as an option to play games that they never got to play. And theoretically, you can play any kind of game with this. I feel like Google can license any kind of game. They can reach out to any developer and be like, hey, we want this on Stadia. And that developer will be like, all right, well, it's going to cost you. And Google's going to be like, all right, how much? We can write a bunch of numbers on this check. Just tell us how much you want because they're Google. You know, they, they have so much damn money. They have unlim- near limitless resources that they could do whatever they want. They're, pr- they're pretty much in New Game Plus right now. <laughs> you know, like Google, <laughs> Google is a new face when it comes to the gaming scene. But, you know, they've, they've done so much other work that they're pretty much in New Game Plus. And what I mean is that they're starting a new game with all the stuff they had from a previous save point. You know, it's like when you beat the game, you can you can play a new game over, you can play the whole game over again with all the stuff that you collected. All the money, you know, crosses over. And so now Google has like these billions of dollars. They're like, all right, now, you know, we just, we didn't use any cheat codes. We've just been playing this game for a long time and now we have all the resources. So let, let us let us join the foray. So we'll see what happens. I feel like Microsoft has something up their sleeve just because of the rumors that we've been hearing and just because their Game Game Pass is probably like the best deal right now for a game streaming service. Like, I I don't know. I like, don't get me wrong. Stadia is a very interesting prospect and I can see how it's going to really succeed, especially the fact that you don't need a physical console with you. But I just have a feeling that the next console that Microsoft has uh, would probably be the most direct competitor to Stadia. Although, like, even though Stadia is going to shake up gaming and all these companies in general, I just feel like there's been a lot of hints that Microsoft has already been working on something that I'm just curious. I'm just curious what they're 
I don't know. I feel like Microsoft might have a lot of leverage for the for generation five of consoles. Yeah. And gaming in general. Absolutely. Um, and really quick, before Google announced their Stadia, another company, a very prominent company that I think everyone is familiar with, uh, Valve, they announced Steam. They announced Game Everywhere, Game Streaming Everywhere, I believe is the title, or I, I think it was like unofficially called Steam Link Anywhere, but it's basically a little tiny box that allows you to stream video games from anywhere. So pretty much like the Stadia. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think this just goes from your internet connection, not from Google's own servers. You know how Google's Stadia... Oh, okay. Google's okay. Stadia like, works off of the Google servers, the thousands of different servers that are placed all around. Um, yes. I believe Steam's just... Uh, derives directly from your internet connection so there's a little bit more required for this i believe whereas google's i think i think this is just speculation but i think that google stadia uh, requires both your internet connection as well as a connection to a nearby let's say like stadia server you know that google set up near you so got it yeah um so we'll see what happens uh yeah it sounds like the streaming wars are yeah, taking away. So we yeah, got defi- we have definitely. two we have two big competitors in the in the PC gaming market that are going head to head against each other. And it's exciting. Yeah. It's very very I exciting. Know. It is really exciting. I um I actually think I don't if Microsoft can make a lot of good decisions this year and I think they'll be the direct competitor to the Google um google stadia yeah i agree if it, if it's going to be anyone it would be microsoft it's microsoft for sure yeah so i mean like maybe apple i don't know i don't really think apple will go in that direction but uh maybe facebook but i feel like facebook's more like leaning towards the oculus stuff because uh yeah you, you know vr's time kind of went and gone and now everyone's in the next phase which is i guess streaming systems it's a little bit hard to predict, so we'll see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. So that's exciting. So, so yes. more, more GDC stuff next week. Um, we're yes, we're, kind, we're in the beginning of it, and uh, yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's gonna be announced during this week, and we will give you guys a post coverage after. And and probably more game announcements, like from indie developers as well. Yeah, from Abs- the indie summit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Um, so All two right, more, Jeremy, two more what things. games came out this week or are coming out this week? So there's one game coming out this week that is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on March 22nd. That's Friday. I am so looking forward to this game. I'm so excited. Um, it's basically, there's like two period samurai games that are coming out this week. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not this week. This year. One is Ghosts of Tsushima, Ghosts of Tsushima and the other one is Shadows Die Twice Sekiro. So... Yeah, um, we've talked about this before. I, I'm pre-order. I pre-ordered it. Uh, it's gonna come to GameStop, and I'm gonna go pick it up. And I found out that there's a bonus that you get with this, which I really don't care about. But it's hey, a pre-order bonus. Yeah, it's a, it's a little katana that's a letter opener. I'm like, oh, cool. I kind of actually always wanted oh, one. Oh, that's that's cute. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting the physical version that comes with the letter opener. So uh, we'll see. Well, what what I like about from software is. 
they just didn't decide, hey, we're going to make a Bloodborne 7 and just continue on this series. They're making that same type of game in different environments. Like, I wonder what the next type of this Souls game is going to be and what setting it's going to be. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad they're not going down the Call of Duty route where they're like, this formula works. People want more of this. But people are like surprised that they're going in different directions, you know, like, Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And with, you know, their renewed success, I would say, you know, with the first Dark Souls, I think that they finally found a footing where they can keep making these types of games, but maybe in the future kind of branch out and do different styled games. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, that, so that's coming out on Friday. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to mention uh, that was announced by Turtle Rock Studios, basically Turtle Rock Studios, uh, developed left for dead the first one and valve kind of like purchased them and purchased the, the the style of game and the gameplay all that stuff uh they announced uh a separate title called back for blood with the number four in the middle so it definitely <laughs> sounds like left for dead <laughs> back for blood um the they in an announcement article they said that uh it's gonna be taking cues from left for dead but it'll kind of have some more things added on to, for a more modern take. Not to say that Left 4 Dead isn't modern. It's just it came out in a time when the zombie craze was so high that people kind of played anything. And I think that's one of the best zombie shooters even to this day. But for them, they kind of want to like modernize the mo- the zombie shooter. And I think that's really good because you have you have stuff like, you know, um, Dead Island uh, of course, the, the first two Left 4 Deads, uh, Zombie so we'll see. We'll see what happens when when Turtle Rock has more to say about this game. Yeah, I'm really excited to see just a new co-op and how they modernize the whole game. I like sometimes I just play Left 4 Dead and like it's been around for a while. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I'd say Left 4 Dead still holds up. And if you get bored of the base game, you can always download modded maps, which are always fun. <laughs> One I yeah. re- there's two I recommend. One is Yama, which is based in Japan. You start in Tokyo and you fight your way up a mountain. I recommend it because hey, it's Japanese. It's pretty cool. And the the people that made the map campaign are like they they, they put a lot of detail into it. And and anyone that's been to Japan or is um very fond of Japanese culture um or is or loves the Yakuza, Yakuza games will uh love this map set. And another one I I'd like to give a shout out to is uh Night Terror. Night Terror, I, I cannot stop talking about this this map mode of oh, this this campaign. Night Terror starts in um the the mansion from Twenty Eight Days Later. You have to like fight your way through the mansion. Um, I'm sorry, outside of the mansion and then into the mansion, uh, and then um, it goes to a level from uh, Tintin, Prisoners of the Sun. I think Tintin is mm-hmm. a it, it was a movie that came out from Steven Spielberg yep. and Peter Jackson, which is based on an old comic series by this, I forget what ethnicity this person was, but anyways, I don't know. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so then the level, the next level was Tintin. And then after that is literally a recreation of the haunted mansion from Disneyland, like ride the whole ride, <laughs> like recreated in the source <laughs> engine, which is awesome. And then after that is the minds of Moria, from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the Peter Jackson movie, which is so awesome. Uh, I cannot, because the end of the levels like ends with 
the the bridge scene in in the Mines of Moria where the Balrog's chasing them and Gandalf stops. So yeah, that that whole part that all of that is in that one level, which is awesome. And after that, the whole thing culminates to the end, which is a level from the Evil Dead, uh, which is cool too. So yeah, it's a mixture of comic books. It's kind of like a love letter to to movies, comic books, um, games itself, a ride. You know, it's great. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens when Turtle Rock has more to say about Back for Blood. Yep. Um, any any games coming out this week that you're aware of? No, I don't think so. Just say Kiro's probably the biggest one, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Also, there's a Sega public publisher sale going on, which ends on March 21st. I don't know when this comes out, but hey, you're probably already on Steam looking at Sega games. Pick up your Sonics. Pick up your Space Channel Fives. Pick up your Dream Dreamcast collection. Pick up the Yakuza games. Hey, they're there. So they're all. Everything's on sale. Go get it. Yes. Um. I'd say the Yakuza version on PC is a lot nicer. They have an FOV slider, so you can actually, you know, have a wider field of view. Funny enough to say. Which is kind of cool. Sega has been... That's pretty cool. Yeah, Sega's been PC-friendly. And I really appreciate that. You know, Sega, ever since they stopped working in the console market, they and started going towards a more publisher-slash-software market, um, uh, yeah, they've been, like, more friendly to different consoles and especially the PC market. So that's great. It's great that um, Sega is uh, uh, acknowledging that PC gaming is you know, still alive and kicking. Uh, and yeah, um, pretty briefly, Elisa, what are you playing? So I started two games because I couldn't play um, Devil May Cry. So I started Dragon Ball Fighters, which is a great, really great looking fighter game. And it's pretty, pretty much in line with Blaze Blue. And I don't really have much to say about it yet. Um, just like it's a pretty pretty fun standard fighting game and i started spider-man and i really like that game a lot i like um well have you ever played the arkham series yeah i have it on pc i have one of the games on pc i feel like spider-man takes inspiration from the arkham series and that sort of style and has made it easier to digest and play and have has really smoothed it out. What I like about the battle system and the gameplay is um this is probably like one of not to say this game is easy, but this game lays everything out for you. I actually think this is a really good beginner action game. I would say easy, I would just say uh user friendly. Yeah, very user friendly and I I I really like it so far and I don't have much to say because I'm not into the plot yet but it is a very user the user experience is very simple and I think that it's a better version of the Arkham series. Hot take, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> don't at me, don't at me, don't at me. Marvel versus DC. Ooh. But that's all I'll say for now. Cool. I have yet to pick that up, but I will probably have the same opinion as you once I start playing it. Yes. Cool. And what are you playing? I was playing A Hat in Time on my PC until something very sad happened. Sigh. <laughs> yeah, so that's on hold. 
indefinitely until I guess Friday's when I get my parts. So I'll be fixing my PC and then, um, yeah, then playing Hat in Time again. But I was playing that so fun so far. Uh, it's really really cute. It's a really cute platformer. Um, the devs put a lot of really good work into it. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if you know the history behind the game, but all the all the the people that worked on it they they didn't know each other initially and they all lived in different countries. And so they would communicate over like Slack or discord or something. Uh, and then they, Aww. yeah, yeah. And so they, the composer lived in one country, the main developer lived in another country, like the head of the studio lived in another country. And so they would all just like, you know, talk to each other and they would work on it in their spare time. And then it came to a point when they needed more money. So they went to Kickstarter, I think, and then they got more money from there and then they released the game. So yeah, it's it's a labor of love. Um, what started out as a hobby became something more than just that. So I think it's really cool that uh, they, they put a lot of time and work into this game. And it, it really shows. It, like The quality of the game is just amazing. And of course, as a PC port, it is very PC friendly, which is great. Um, nothing, nothing bad to say about it so far. I think I really like it. Once they start playing it again, I can give you more of an update. But right now, I'm just trying to collect some little hourglasses to power my ship because my ship got hurt my ship not not didn't get hurt it got this it got incapacitated so uh <laughs> I, got, I need i need to collect more little things to make make it go back up to full power um and on the gamekeeping side as i mentioned in the beginning of this podcast i am playing wario world and if you want to hear my thoughts about that go back to the beginning of the podcast All right, so we have one gaming question for this week, and that question is from our fan Hooded Dude. Thank you, Hooded Dude, as always. Shout out. Shout out. What's your favorite genre in games? Anything goes, action, adventure, RPG, farming simulator, or whatever. Um... I mean, let's be real. Farming Simulator is probably the superior <laughs> OP favorite genre. Are you, are you being? How can you? How, how can you beat Farming Simulator? Are you being serious? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna also add on to that and say Lifestyle Simulator because I started playing Animal Crossing and I just fell in love with that game. And well, I guess it would be Social Simulator. I have no idea what this is called. Lifestyle Simulator, Social Simulator. I think can just say a simulation like a simulator i think simulator is a genre in itself because the yeah. sims or roller coaster tycoon and sim city will all fall under that category animal crossing is basically a simulator yeah yeah you know I'll, I'll say that because it's just relaxing you know you can't get hurt you can't die you just do your daily tasks and then you go you and then that's it you know you can for animal crossing the the whole day is the is the same time as the day that you're playing like the game sleeps when you sleep the game wakes up when you wake up like this the time is the same unless you change the clock so it's pretty i i I think that's a pretty cool mechanic and it has such a nostalgic place in my heart that i played pretty much every iteration of it minus the wii version but i can't wait for it to come out on switch like it's already been announced and so there's no further details until they have more to say about it um so yeah i i kind of agree with you that the farming slash life simulator is that (laughs) because right after i played animal crossing i played harvest moon and that is a farming simulation game with you know a little bit of animal crossing inspiration in there so I, I I agree with you. I I actually 
now that I think about it, it's a really good genre to pick because it's a game that if you get tired of it, you just take a break and you just go back and you play it again. And you're like, oh, wow, everything is just how I left it. Oh, yes. And you're laughing because, you know, it's true, right? (laughs) Shout out to farming simulators. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So aside from farming simulators, I also like role-playing games and fighting games. For me, it's shooter games, first-person shooter games, third-person shooter games, um, action games, platformers, action platformer, first-person shooters, <laughs> which would be Portal. <laughs> um, uh, R- R- no, RPGs, yeah, to a certain extent. I'd say like the Morrowind slash Oblivion, Elder oh, Scrolls yeah, series. Role- yeah, role, like a role-playing game is a type of genre. Yeah. Um, it's like probably the most broad genre. Definitely. Most general genre. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I like party games. Anything from Mario Kart to Mario Party to Jackbox, you know, stuff like that. Uh, well, there's another one. Um, co-op games. A lot of co-op games I like a lot. Like whatever overcooked is simu- like pressure simulator pressure cooker <laughs> yeah uh so stuff like that i like being in the same room with a lot of people and, and like working towards a specific goal because i think that's yeah, where sure. that's where a lot of camaraderie is built up you know mario party takes away friends but you know games like overcooked yeah. can either strengthen your friendship or tear it apart definitely for role-playing games, um, I just really like the whole umbrella, whether it be a role-playing game like Uncharted or, you know, it's a Japanese role-playing game. I just like role-playing games a lot. I will say, I do have a least favorite genre, but it's not set in stone. Like, I can play this genre, and depending on the game, I can like it, but I generally do not like... Uh, medieval games oh well like what about like skyrim yeah that's what that's what i mean by depending on the type of game like i can enjoy it but i'm not going to outright seek a medieval game okay yeah no i see what you're saying because like like deliverance i'm 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 not gonna play that game unless someone (laughs) uh, unless someone convinced me that this was like you gotta play it it's like, like, hey, you got to play this game where you're in like accurate, an accurate representation of like 1547, like Europe, and you can like <laughs> live in the dirt and you can like build your way up from a peasant to a knight. And you're like, why would I want to live back in that time when I can live right now? But I, I kind of get, what, I kind of get what you're saying. Like there, for me, that that genre where, where I have the same sentiment is real time strategy games, RTS games. I enjoy games like um, Command and Conquer and um uh age of empires but like those are the only two games that i would play in that series like, for sure you know like outside of that i'm like i really don't care like even if it's star wars or halo i'm like i don't care if you're an rts like like i there's a part of me that really just doesn't have the patience that's probably why i don't like starcraft that much is it's just it's just like oh man i just want something to happen now <laughs> oh no I, I totally get it yeah that's that's why I, that's also kind of why I tried the battle royale genre too, is because I was really skeptical about it. But once I started playing it, and I realized it was more of like a shooter slash action game with you know a co op element, I was like, okay, I can kind of dig this. But 
you know, after defining it as such, I kind of got tired of it because it was just the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Hey, that, that genre's not for everyone. It's true. It's not for me either. It's very true. All right, Jeremy, where can our listeners ask questions if they have any? Well, Lisa, you can go to www.downtime.live, click on the contact button. You can send us something you'll, that way. You know, you can cl- type in your email, type in uh, the kind of question, comment, or concern that you have for us. Send it that way. Or you can reach us directly, old-fashioned, email way, at contact at downtime.live. That way you can uh, send us an email with your comment, question, whatever it may be, and we'll read it on the podcast. You can also go to our website again, www.downtime.live. Scroll all the way down to the bottom left. Click on the word community in join our community. That will take you to an invite link to join our Discord, which I will now tell you has some updated rules and um, some changes to the channels a little bit. So one rule that we updated today um, is we reduced the 10-minute join time, where which it was if you join the server, you cannot talk to anyone for 10 minutes. Um, just to verify that you're a real human and not a bot, because we've had some issues with bots in this past couple months. Um, we've reduced it from 10 minutes to 5 minutes. So now, if you join the server for 5 minutes, you can chat with everyone. And um, once you verify that you're a real person on the server, I will go ahead and make you a listener, uh, which will highlight your name blue. And that means that um, you're one of us, basically. You, I, I verified that you are a... Um, real human being that wants to chat with us in the Discord and kind of talk games and talk whatever. Um, Elise and I are the only ones that have this power, so if there's any issues on the Discord whatsoever, not just user-related, but just, you know, anything related, please feel free to at one of us on the Discord. Yeah, at one of us or shoot us a direct message even, because like we've said before, uh, we don't monitor the Discord all the time because um we have nine to five so just shoot us a message we'll read it eventually yeah and i kind of made it so that it's pretty self-sustaining where the listeners have rules that you know you can't create a channel you can't delete a channel you can't block someone like i kind of i wanted to make it so that when you join it your only intention is to you know write messages edit the messages or delete the messages that you created not that not that anyone else created and so far everyone's been pretty good about it Everyone's really respectful of each other. No one's gotten mad at each other. Um, you know, everyone else is pretty busy. So not everyone will be here the whole time, but people do join. People do talk. Um, yeah. So please join our Discord. Uh, it's super fun, super awesome. Um, uh, another quick update I want to say is that I created a couple more chats. Uh, these are just channels within our Discord. Um, aside from general. So we have anime, which we you can just talk about anything anime related. I don't really care. Memes, uh, new series that you're watching. Um, I created a channel called GameCube, or if you have questions about, I don't know, the GameCube stuff that I have, or if you have questions about GameCube in general, um, I can I can answer those. I've done a lot of research on GameCube modding, but also like, you know, how a GameCube works and the kind of games you can get. If you have questions about collecting, if you want to get into GameCube collecting yourself, please... Um, join that channel and then just like at me and, and ask questions or, you know, just chat anything GameCube there. Game night is something that I'm trying to enforce within our discord where, um, I want people to get to know each other better. Um, kind of like play game together, either against each other or with each other. So yeah, that's kind of a channel where I'm 
trying to like brainstorm ideas with people in the, in our discord to kind of see what kind of games we can play together. Uh, I want to lean more towards games that either everyone already has or a free game that we can all join because um, the whole intention of it is not to put stress on anyone to make you pressure to buy a game. Um, I just want people to have fun and to have a sense of camaraderie within that whole space. So yeah, game night is a work in progress right now. Um, we're still trying to figure out what, what game we're going to play. We did host our first game night before, which was for No More Room in Hell, which was a free game on Steam where you have to survive the zombie apocalypse. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Jordan and Kev for joining that. That was so fun. Thanks, guys, for uh, making that game night possible. Um, I also created... <laughs> I created a channel called yelling, which was, you just type in all caps the whole time. You you can type in lowercase, but I really encourage everyone that joins the, the yelling channel to just type in all caps. Like, ah, like you can say something like, oh man, my computer crashed today, but it has to all be in all caps. Please keep that channel respectful. Um, no, no taking your anger out on anyone or anything like that. So yeah, if you guys could just, uh, type in all caps from that channel, please, please do that. And of course, we got our standard stuff like general, which is where everyone joins and talks about whatever announcements, which is um, where we talk about stuff that's changing on our discord or changing on the podcast or announcements for video games that are coming out that week. If there's sales, shout out to Kev, who's been pretty good about um, uh, recognizing when deals come out or when sales happen on the on the on the Steam store or, or the PlayStation store or stuff for the switch. So that's great. Uh, BGM for music. Um, Kingdom Hearts, which for uh, anything Kingdom Hearts related, Marvel for anything Marvel related, Meme Zones where you can post memes, Stardew Valleys for anything Stardew Valley related for those of uh, our listeners that want to get into Stardew Valley, Terrace House for Alisa and I's favorite reality show, and the Yakuza series chat for anything related to Yakuza. We've been talking about Pierre Taki on there. Although probably now we got to change this to the Ryoga Gotoku um chat now yeah we could do that but uh yeah so that's it so far if uh anyone else has any questions yeah please feel free to shoot us anything there if you want to leave us a review on itunes please go to apple music slash itunes and uh find our podcast um leave us a review we'll read it on the podcast thank you so much for doing that in advance um you can go to youtube you can comment there you can go to podbean you can comment there and again, all three of those platforms you can find us on. Um, we're, we're on Stitcher. We're on a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, look for Downtime Podcast, and we should be there. We're not the Mountain Biking Podcast. We are the Downtime Podcast for games or Downtime Live. Thanks for listening to the 94th. Stay tuned for the 95th. Have a good day. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>